So Grasso. Yes, sir. Uh, we haven't we haven't been together for a few weeks. You know, it's the holiday season, but now yes. we're like in the holiday sprint. That thing that happens all the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's stressful for a lot of people. But there's a lot of traditions. That tis the season. It is the season. Yeah, tis the season for a lot. Uh, and one thing that always comes to mind are traditions that different families have, and every family has their own different tradition. So in the Grasso household, or maybe just throughout your life, what's your favorite holiday tradition that happens around this time? Uh, I just love, I really enjoy just getting together with family. That's like, you know, for no specific tradition. Um, but what we have done recently is like the seven fishes. It's like an Italian tradition of some kind. Oh, yeah, we didn't always that. do it, but we started doing it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. A couple of years, maybe 10 years ago, maybe a little more than that. And it is so much fun to like figure out. My sister makes a fra diablo sauce and it's like a spicy seafood sauce. We'll shuck oysters. We'll get the deep fryer going outside. Like that's, that is like a, I love food. So any tradition around food really gets me going. So like the seven fishes is absolute money and something that's like maybe not tradition, but more like a cultural thing is like on Christmas and Thanksgiving, we often have like Cuban food with like regular what you would consider like an American Thanksgiving or Christmas. We'll have like roast pork, black beans and rice, yuca, plantains, like stuff like that, like alongside like stuffing and yams and style. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And so that's that's I love eating. That's my so favorite. Today's the fourth day of Hanukkah. Uh, happy Hanukkah, happy my Jewish Hanukkah. friend. Happy yes, Hanukkah. And to all of our Jewish listeners out there, I know there's so many of you. But for them, and for you know our Jewish adjacent hosts, can you explain what the seven fishes are? And are there seven specific fishes? Or um, is it just oh, seven different types of fish? Oh, dude, I I know nothing about the lore. Um, like, there's some sort of a backstory. I'm sure it has to do with, like, I don't know, Jesus. Uh, something weird. The Italians yeah, always, there's always, there's always, like, a, a point for the Italians. But we literally just make, make sure there's seven different kinds of fish. I'm sure there's more to it, but that's how we interpret it. It's mostly just we, we, we do the tradition because we just want to eat food. And it's a very food-based tradition. Food, food's always big around the holidays. I mean, the thing I love uh, about Hanukkah, just real quick, is the it's a greasy food holiday because it's all about oil. So you get the potato pancakes, the latkes, you know, you get the jelly donuts are really big around this time. Uh, don't ask me to pronounce the pr traditional way because uh, I can't do it. I think it's like yamporet or something like that. And uh, the, the other big one is brisket, which is delicious too. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, I'm a big fan of that. You ready to talk some football? Oh, yeah.
So, so Ben, um, I read exactly two lines of the Wikipedia Feast of the Seven Fishes, and um, it hits the nail on the head. Uh, apparently, this is an only an Italian American thing. It does not exist in Italy. There's sometimes there's seven fishes. Sometimes there's more. The origin is unknown. Nobody knows when or where it's from. It might have to do with the sacraments of the Catholic Church or the seven hills of Rome or something else. There is no general agreement on its meaning. <laughs> oh, all right, so there you go. So we're learning. It's literally new. just about eating fish <laughs> on Christmas. Like that's all it is. And there's really no rules. It's just about the eating. All right. Well, let, let, so if, for those of you who are listening. Welcome to week 13 of the Pining for podcast. You're learning some new stuff this week. Uh, we all got back from Zipline in Costa Rica. Uh, Joe, the Moose Mayhem, and the Wieners, Wien Dogs, Greg Marcou, they took an extended leave of absence. So it's just the two-man pilot here of the two beers, two deep, Chris Grasso, and uh, myself, the Broken Cock, the Mouth Breather. Maybe not the Mouth Breather for too much longer. Before we get into it, I want to read, uh, you know, we've been doing power rankings on the Pining Four podcast since week four this season, right after Rivalry, I still can't say it, Rivalry, Rivalry week. week. Yeah, or weeks, I guess it should be. Uh, I'm here, anyway. I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> so let me read to you just real quick what the top 12 were. So 12th was the Broken Cock Corollary, 11th was the Vinzaloons, 10th was the Weekside Werewolves. Uh, ninth was the Fitz Magic. Eighth was the Keys to Su- Keys to Success. Seventh was the Bashers. Sixth was Show Me Your TDs. Fifth was Papa Squats. Fourth was the Dynasty. Uh, three were the Moose Mayhem, and two and one were two beers, two deep, and one Wieners Wien Dogs. Besides two and one, which have basically been the same all season, everything's been flip flopped. So much has changed in the past two weeks. Uh, there, there, a lot of teams are hot. A lot of teams are falling off. Playoff teams are starting to crystallize. It, it, a lot of it's coming down to who's healthy right now, though. Uh, so yeah, I was going to say that. It's injury, 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 injuries, injuries. Um, that is a huge thing right now in the league, and then it's really pulling teams apart. I mean, I lost the number one player in fantasy football. Um, a lot of people have lost their number. Alvin, The top four running backs that were drafted in every single fantasy football league are all injured. Um, so those people that were waiting for the playoffs for these clutch crutches, uh, no longer have them, uh, they're gone. So they have to fill, they have to find a way to fill those holes. Um, and some teams have done it, uh, remarkably well. Some teams are very hot. I'm looking at you broken cock with your J- Jonathan Taylor is just on an absolute tear. The cock but when you look, when, say. when you, the cock is, the cock will rise again, <laughs> will rise again. Um, but, but when you, when you read off the order, it's literally com- like uh, almost 100% like flipped. Yeah, It's insane. I mean, besides the Doge and I, I mean, we, right. we've both, we've been pretty steadily good. I still have the most points in the league. Um, for now, it's still a thing you're, for, you're for not, now. You're, you're not gonna We're close there. No, I'm not going to finish that way. That's uh, it's so, an imp- impossibility. I mean, the big thing there too is you know the, the bottom three, uh, the broken cocks, the Vinzaloons, and uh, the weak side werewolves are all. If the playoffs ended today, they would all be in the playoffs. They would all be in the playoffs, and Nobody they would, would all be fierce contenders for the album. Right. So let's uh, let's let's look into those matchups and dive right into it. Um, we're going to start with this was sort of the uh, last ga- last gasp matchup. 
I would think, for both teams. You uh, you win here, you go in, you're in good shape to get into the playoffs. If you lose, you're in tough shape. Uh, especially for... So this is the Dynasty, Chris Deej's team versus the Showing Me TDs. Chris came into this uh, game 4-7, and seven, and he needed that win so bad, or he would be out of the playoffs because he can't go in on 6-8. and eight. And he pulled it off miraculously, scoring 134.65 to the Show Me Atiti's Jimmy's team at 106.2. And, you know, the real thing there, I mean, Antonio Gibson did great. Uh, Dak Prescott is showing to be strong again. It may be a little too little too late for Deej, but right now, you know, he's got to be happy with his last gasp chance here and getting that fifth win. Hopefully he has a shot to get to 500. At least he thinks so. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Jimmy's team, he's got a, a a pretty decent team. You would think the numbers would be a little bit better from Scary Terry uh, and from Tom Brady. Essentially, um, that's where his big hiccups were. Devlin Cook is now hurt. I mean, Jimmy's dealt with injuries all season long, um, and all these teams are really just f- fighting and clawing. And this was a really big win, um, especially because they're in the same division. Right. So this is this is this is going to push him a little bit further, and points total is going to make a difference, I think, at the end of this season for sure. Yeah, and you know, uh, you can kind of see why Jimmy made the trade that he made just for a little bit of backup when he got Kyler Murray uh, in trading way hurts. So we'll, we'll we'll see how that works out for him. Let's move on to another matchup where it was another shot at a last gasp to really get back into the playoff push in a team that didn't really need the win. Uh, it's the Wieners Wien Dogs and the Big X Bashers. Uh, Wieners Wien Dogs handily won, although it was in question when Monday night started. Uh, the Wieners Wien Dogs scored 112.45 to the Big X Bashers 83.75. And, you know, Wieners Wien Dogs really are starting to look like the one of the top two or three teams that could just run the table here at the end of the season. All of his best players are healthy. It's really boiled down to Cooper Cup has just been an amazing find for him. We, even with Robert Woods, you know, being injured, and he was the guy uh, going into the season. Cooper Cup has emerged as the fantasy number one that people thought he could be, but really didn't get that until Stafford coming place. But it's not just that. He's got Justin Herbert that's been great and Austin Eckler that's been great. Uh, so he's got a lot of depth there. The Bashers really needed this win to get uh, to pull even to six and six, which didn't happen for him. So he's uh, he's going to be really struggling here. DK Metcalf is going in the opposite direction, you know, scoring 1.8 points. The Bashers were so high on him. I it, it just ended up being a terrible pick. I can't believe Seattle so bad this year. Yes, yeah, Seattle is um, not themselves. Um, and the Los Angeles Chargers are absolutely fantastic. They're um, a very nice offense to watch. And we, at the beginning of the season, were questioning if having Herbert and Eckler on the same team, if that team could produce week to week. And it has, and they're the backbone of his team. Um, He's got a cycle in kind of running back two. He's got a bit of a situation in his RB2 slot. Um, Michael Carter isn't really very reliable when he comes back from an injury. Um, when he comes back from injury, he's not going to be reliable. He's a Jets running back. They've been pretty inept this entire year. Um, but Wiener's team is good, um, and they're coming on hot at a good point. Um, 
I, I think he's got a chance to, like you said, run the table. Just it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot of resistance um, after that first week by. Oh, we'll see. I mean, it all depends. You know, it, it all depends. Well, it all depends. Exactly. It all depends I, you know, who I, makes it to the playoffs. Early on in the podcast this season, I talked about how so many teams, uh, how I was hesitant to look at a team that got a quarterback and a wide receiver on the same team. Uh, or, you know, quarterback and running back on the same team, that sometimes that cannot work well and sometimes very, very rarely does it work well. For most of the teams, it has not worked out less planned, like with Mahomes and Tyree Kill or Kyler Murray and DeAndre, Hop- DeAndre Hopkins or Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. However, I will say, and I'll give Doge credit here, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler are the one exception here where they've just been balls to the wall all season. I mean, I guess you could say Hill and Mahomes have finally come on, but those two pieces have really helped Doge be where he is now. Um, So let's move on to a matchup featuring a win. Again, you've clinched the playoffs, so this matchup means so much more to the Vinzaloons, who every week uh, has been chicken-littling the season, thinking that his season's over. Somehow he's still in it. Uh, and the Vinsaloons pulled out a narrow victory here, 105.3 to Chris Grasso's 100.8. Uh, you know, even without any sort of running game whatsoever, uh, you got your last gasp from Debo for a week or two. And Mark Andrews has just been great. So you, you, you got some points there, but not quite enough. I mean, Vinny, Josh Allen has been the best quarterback in football, although it hasn't looked at that from times. Waddle and Freemurth have ended up being really good for you in that trade. I'm talking directly to Vinny as if he's here. Uh, but uh, he got just enough to win, and this this could prove to be a really big game for him, especially with the final two matchups he has. Yeah, this was a difference maker for Vinny. Um, this is a very close game. Um, it is J- Jalen Waddle went off. Um, he's a rookie. I assume he's going to do this a lot more for the rest of his career. Um, he looked fantastic. If I would have played... Deontay Foreman instead of Aaron Jones. I mean, I would have been absolutely an insane person would have done that. But if I would have done that, I would have won this week. So that's the difference in this game is who I played at running back. Aaron Jones, I was just really hoping he was going to come back and just get a lot of feeds, but they're warming him up. They don't want to burn him out. Um, especially when they when they were, you know, running away with that game essentially. And it was close. It was very close. Um, it's a, t- a touchdown. A touchdown makes a difference in this game. And Vinny's one step closer to the playoffs now. Now, what if I see Vinny in the playoffs? I would be happy to see Vinny again in the playoffs. Yeah, that would make me nothing but happy. Yeah, I, you know, our division, which at the beginning of the season looked like one of the worst, has ended up being one of the more competitive ones, really. I mean, it's the East and the West, and nobody's sure about the South. The South are just out to sea, I guess. This season, uh, yeah, but it, it was very good. It's very close. And Vin, Vinny's probably one of the more favorite teams to be in the playoff push right now. Let's talk about this, this broken cock uh, matchup here. He, myself, I, I like to talk in the third person here. There, there was not, you know, he needed this win, really, this team needed this win to continue the momentum that's been going on since all of the players have started to click. Uh, and the Papa squats who have been up and down, it's a real roller coaster of a season. They thought, uh, Spence thought he was getting Christian McCaffrey back and he's lost him for the season. Leonard Fournette showed up big time. For, you, you don't you normally score 40 points in a game and lose. 
but what happened here was there's just a lot of solid play from all the Broken Cox players. Jonathan Taylor had his lowest score in nine weeks, uh, but that was 17 points. So that was still, you know, good enough for an RB1. Javante Williams showed up. Uh, Stefan Diggs showed up. Ayuk was a great start. So there's just a lot of solid plays all around from that team. Uh, the Broken Cox are going to be a really tough out this year, I think. Yeah, your team is uh, pretty stacked up right now. Um, I'd say maybe a weird injury might throw you for a loop at running back, potentially. Not really. Um, Jonathan Taylor is worth two running backs, so you probably could just not play a running back the rest of the season and still win. Um, this On its surface, this is a still a very – it's only a 10-point game. Um, so if Waller doesn't get hurt, if McCaffrey doesn't get hurt, Spencer's just been dealing with such poor luck and still to be five and seven and kind of in the hunt um, is impressive for Spencer. I think your team is hot right now. Dalton Schultz got a lot of looks at tight end this week and he looked very good. Um, so I hope tight end in fantasy right now. I hope they keep looking at Dalton Schultz because I liked watching that Dallas offense when it was actually clicking. Um, it was fun to watch. Um, okay. Ugh, I just said it was fun to watch the Cowboys. Oh, my God. Well, and, you know, and there's so many injuries uh, uh, of playmakers on Dallas that show. Yeah, without CD and Cooper. Right. He just he's the he's the safety valve for uh, Dak Prescott over there. Yeah, and Dak Prescott has. I watched a clip today where a lineman blocked a lineman on the Cowboys. So Dak's really um, playing from behind most weeks. <laughs> yeah. So so we're talking about a team that's really ascending. Let's go to another matchup and talk about a team that's ascending and one that's just really fallen down the pits. I mean, I'm talking about the team that we usually call the best team in the league uh, or the best roster in the league for you see, year, weeks. We've been saying, man, look at this guy's team. How can he lose anything? How can he be only five and six or five and five uh, and now five and seven? We're talking about, of course, the Moose Mayhem versus the weak side werewolves. Almost getting doubled up, the Moose Mayhem did, scoring a paltry 74 points uh, to weak side werewolves, 134.15. And, you know, I, I don't know what's happened to this team. I mean, I will say he did get Nick Chubb in the second round, so there is that. But besides that, I mean, it's just been a, a real rough go of it here uh, in terms of any type of scoring. Uh didn't have any good quarterback play. Meanwhile, on the other side, weak side of werewolves, you have Aaron Rodgers doing much better. Uh, Joe Mixon showing like he can be a fantasy stud for the first time when he's healthy all season. And just a lot of solid production throughout. Uh, it was just another another chance that weak side werewolves look like they're going to be heading to the playoffs. Uh, weak side werewolves are one of my favorites. Um, I love his running back room. Um when your weakest performance is Marquise Brown, it's your team's pretty good. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult for anybody to beat Dale. His team is going to continue to be this consistent. The rest of the season is not difficult for any of the teams on his roster. Um, and the Jacksonville Jaguars just they're inept, but Robinson will score him 10 points a week. Um, because they have to give him the ball because there's no other option. Um, and oh, Joe, Joe was just fire sale. As soon as he lost, he was like, everybody's for sale. Um, also, side note, if I did not trade Joe for Musa this week and I would have played 
either JD McKissick or Keenan Allen, I would have won my game. Um, just in case, just in case anybody was, you know, wondering, because um, that kept what me did, up. What did you get for that? I got uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Adrian Peterson, who was immediately released, right? Um, and Michael Pittman Jr. You got so I traded him, Keenan Allen, trade. and who got hosed? You did. I got hosed. I don't think I got hosed, man. Aaron, Jones I got, a, I got is, a. Aaron Jones is not a start. He's not a fantasy starting running back for the rest of. The he's season. the number twelve running back in the league in fantasy, you and he hasn't played. I, he has played. He's only missed one game, all season. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played like last week, and he's been hurt, so he hasn't played at full strength. I mean. I, I don't for for the final five, five weeks of the fan or four weeks of our fantasy season that he plays, I would be surprised if he's a top twenty running back. Throwing AJ Dillon's the guy to own there right now. Just throwing that out there. If uh, Doge was here, I think he'd agree. I know he has AJ Dillon, but uh, we'll have to table that for when he's back. I know. I you, guess I'll, we'll I'll, give see. You, I'll, I'll give you a rebuttal real quick. No, I mean we'll see. It's all going to be time. I think they're going to. Aaron Rodgers is not as young as he once was, and Aaron Jones, I think, is going to pick up the slack for that as they make their push towards the playoffs. I think they're going to feed him the ball more, um, and I think the run game is going to be important. And I know A.J. Dillon is good, but Aaron Jones is still Aaron Jones, and if he's healthy, he's going to get the ball over A.J. Dillon. Great. All right, let's move on to our last matchup. It's the keys to success versus the Fitzmagic. Uh, I can't believe Keegan has won six games with this roster. <laughs> you know, it's I look at it and he just he has a lot of streaky weeks. He's done really well. He's on the back end of it here. I know he didn't have Mahomes or Hill that could have accounted for the difference in this game. But you know, when you're starting Big Ben and a really injured Saquon and Mike Davis, I just I don't know what else to say. Like that's really the difference here. I mean, Keegan's backsliding real bad here. I think this is going to be rough news for him for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, filling the Saquon Barkley hole all season has been his, you know, what he's been trying to do, and nobody can do that. Um, and the rest of his team is kind of just flat. Um, Mike Williams was amazing the first six weeks of the season and then fell off. Um, Noah Fant really hasn't produced shocking amounts of anything. Um so Keegan's team is struggling. You're right. The fact that he's six and six and and Mike Davis is still on his roster um is crazy. It's 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 insane. Um but Miles Gaskin had a great week. Uh I think Fitz is not gonna be the mouth breather. Um yeah, I just want to say that put that on the universe. I know I think George I think Fitz Fitz's team is much better. Can you believe I, I you're just about to mention George Kittle too, I think. Yes. Can, can you imagine Miles Gaskin, T. Higgins, and George Kittle were all on my team earlier in the season? And I traded They them. were. I and you traded them all away. And I and I put Hunter Renfro to the fucking waiver wire for nothing. Yeah. Because I picked yeah. him up weeks ago. Because I thought for some reason Sterling Shepard was going to get healthy and be good. What was I smoking? Yeah. Why would I ever think anybody on the Giants would do anything productive? I don't know, man. But it was that, it was an insane thought that I had. Now Sterling uh, Shepard to the waiver wire. See you later. Yeah. I mean, it's any anybody on that team. It's tough to just be like, 
who are you going to pick on the Giants? Who who are you going to trust to to take you? And the answer is nobody now. So that brings us to the end of our picks. Sorry, not the picks, the recap. Jeez. Let's go a quick dive into the power rankings for this week. I read read you at the top. I read the week four power rankings. So let's look at what we what I think week 13's power rankings are. And Brasso, if you agree, I'll just read them real quick. We'll discuss afterwards. So I broke them up into who is definitely not making the playoffs, who could make the playoffs, and who are definitely in. You'll see the could is much larger than the haven't and have. So the only one who cannot make the playoffs is Fitzmagic. So he's obviously 12th. Uh, we'll reseed it when the playoffs start. I don't think he's the worst team or the worst roster right now, but he's the only one that's definitely out of the playoffs. Now, 11 through 3, this is the biggest one. So 11 is Big X Bashers, 10 is the Papa Squats, 9 is Shomini Tidis, 8 is Moose Mayhem, big drop. The Dynasty is 7, 6 is the Keeks to Success, 5 is the Vinzaloons, 4 is the Weak Side Werewolves, 3 is the Broken Cock Corollary, uh, and the only two that are definitively in the playoffs are two Wieners Wien Dogs and one Two Beers Too Deep. They're really interchangeable. You could argue Wieners Wien Dogs have a better roster right now. Uh, so, yeah, so that's where I have them. What do you think? Any differences there, or do you think that's a pretty solid? Um, I would argue that, we, I mean, if, just because we're just doing it who's in, who's out, and who's maybe, but Wieners team is definitely better than my team at right now. Um, do I have a really good team? Is Are most of my players in the top 20 in fantasy? Absolutely. Um but with injuries and things like that at the running back position and Debo maybe not playing this weekend, I can't say that my team is better than his right now. Am I only 10 and two? I mean, uh, yeah, I am 10 and two still only two losses. I'm just saying two losses. Are you, are you comfortable with the three, <clears throat> four, five? Uh, the I'm comfortable with the three, four, five. Um, we side werewolves, broken cock are pretty interchangeable. I think you have the slight edge because Jonathan Taylor is just an absolute maniac right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in that middle f- four section, I mean, keys to success, I think is sliding. Um, yeah. Moose is definitely sliding. So I think Papa Squats, and I don't want to say it out loud, but the Big X Bashers have a chance What's to push their way. Keegan is still six and seven. That's the whole thing. He's still six and six. So it it, it all comes down to he's got to win two more games, really, or one more game. Yeah. So it's it's I mean, the parody in this league is like I feel like we said it so many times last year and this year it's even like even more than last year. Like I don't know how it's possible that we got better or we're more concise with with who we play. We're just better putting people in, I don't know, but everything is so tight this year and it's it's makes for great makes for great watching. I agree. I, I agree. Everything is really tight this year, and I think, and we have been saying it all year, that the parity is just so high. I think a lot of it is effort. Everybody understands the league, the rules. Now we're really getting the FAAB thing down, so we're being more conservative with how we're betting money to get people on our roster, uh, and that's created a lot of more parity as well, and that's why there's been a lot of topsy-turviness, and there's still literally 11 teams that can make the playoffs. As of right now, next week, it's going to be a different story because we're going to have a lot of right. different shit going on. As we move into next week and the matchups that are happening next week yeah, are going to bring a lot to light um, for sure. Um, there's a lot of big matchups next week. You want to talk about some of them? 
Oh, I would love to talk about some of them, Ben. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't. But not all of them, just some of them. Just some. Okay. Well, then we'll then I'll pick a one that since we're the only two people on the podcast, we might as well start with our matchup this week. I am yeah. facing you. <laughs> the broken cocks are going against the two beers too deep. And uh, I mean, really, the story of this matchup, I think, is that I'm catching you at the right time. I'm catching you with a team that is injured, that has some buys, that doesn't have really any starting running backs. You know, and plus, this is this is my playoff roster. I, I have a lot of buys next week, but this week I have my two best running backs. I have Stefan Diggs. I have Brandon Ayuk. I have Javante Williams as my third, who has quietly been a really, really good third guy. So I don't honestly, and I usually don't say this, but I don't see any way I'm losing this week. Yeah, no, there is uh, no question in my mind that the running back tandem of uh, Edward Hilaire and Devontae Freeman are not going to hold a candle to Jonathan Taylor and James Connors. It doesn't matter if everybody else on my roster has the best fucking game of their entire life. It's not going to – Jonathan Taylor is going to score 25 points and James Connors is going to score 15 points, and it's going to be, I I think, insurmountable. Um, Barring – anything ridiculous um ridiculous. you're definitely gonna win for sure yeah no it, yeah bar- barring like a taylor injury like today yeah uh, if he gets injured if michael badgley hits 17 fucking kicks there's 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 a very sl- espn says there's a uh an eight percent sh- is your 58 percent probability to win so what does that mean for me that means you have a 42 percent chance to win Right. So what is the, First, is it like there's supposed to be like a different like it does it come down to like a different? I think it's the difference of projection because I'm 20 points. I'm projected to have 20 more points than you, which is pretty substantial. Right. Uh, it's so a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about okay. So we so I think we're both in agreement that there and barring something else that I should probably steamroll you, but you know things different things do happen. I think that Doge and Moose would agree. Guys, if you listen to this, you want to send me in the pic so I can write them down later. Be my guest. Let's talk about Doge's matchup with the weak side werewolves. Now you want to talk about a huge disparity in matchup. This matchup is literally a coin flip. The the projections are exactly 114.9 to 114.9 for the Wieners Wien Dogs and the weak side werewolves. Wieners Wien Dogs don't have much to play for. They already have the first round by locked up. Uh, they The weak side werewolves do need to win at least one more time to have a playoff shot. So this this might be a good time for them to do it. I I honestly don't know here. It's it's really tough. I do think the Wiener Green Dogs with their roster have just the slight edge because uh, I, I don't know how Taysom Hill's getting 22 points. So I'm going Can't trust Taysom Hill. No way. So I'm going That is an insane. You're going Wiener Green Dogs? Yeah. There's an insane number for Taysom Hill. I understand that they don't have a lot of offense going on right now. I understand that Kamara is hurt. I understand that he's going to be the quarterback also. He's definitely going to run the ball um, a lot. Um, is he going to score a touchdown? Maybe. Um, but I don't think he's 20. ESPN is very high on Taysom Hill, and they always have been. Um, if C.D. Lamb is out, maybe that's some problem for for the Doge. Um, he's got some, he's got Claypool is questionable. The only real wide receiver he can put in is Bateman. Um, so we'll see. 
Um, but I'm I'm going dogs too, uh, which is unfortunate because I would love for the weak side werewolves to keep winning. Yeah, so we'll see. And you know, like I said, he really needs that win way more than Doge needs it. Although I'm sure Doge just wants to have double digits because he's never won this many games in a season before. So it's it's all new and exciting for him. Let's is it new and exciting for me too? Have I ever won ten games? That's a lot of games. You won ten games last season, dude. You won I won. Ten. Oh, you had a great season last year. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> My bad, guys. I forgot how good I was last year too. It's been a, Whoopsies. a little bit of a run for you. Now here's another uh, improbable matchup in terms of possible victors and possible defeats. It's the Vinzaloons versus the Papa Squats. Both teams desperately need this. Benny has an inside side shot to get the playoffs if he gets a win here. Papa Squats will mess everything up for everybody's bracket if he wins. Uh, there's a lot to like about Benny's team here. It's tough to say with Spencer, too, because he hasn't filled out his kicker or a replacement for CMC yet. So I'm sure he's still reeling. He's probably in, like, do I pack it up and give up mode? Don't do it, Spence. Even though you're going to lose this weekend, I'm picking the Vince Loons. Don't pack it in. Oh, man. I think you got to look at the holes that got to be filled and who he has to fill the holes. Foss Moreau is going to play for Darren Waller because Darren Waller's hurt. Last time that happened, Foss Moreau did a great job. I think Devin Singletary might have a game against New England. I've been saying that every week that he might have a game, and he's just literally done Ugats. I mean, but Zach, they look. Zach Moss has been benched though, so yes. So they looked like maybe they would they would go more towards Singletary. Um, so there's hope for that. Um, I think if Spence makes some moves and gets an actual kicker, this might be a closer game than we're actually seeing. Um, Leonard Fournette looked fucking great last week. Um, and Adam Thielen has been coming on more recently. Um, so I think uh, it's anyone's game, really. And I'm going to go with the Papa Squats on this one. Really? You're going with the Papa Squats? Yeah. Yeah. Something's got to go right for him. You know, maybe Jerry Judy has a fucking game. You I know? mean, Jerry Judy has been pretty good when back, but they've they've really been ground and pound with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Uh, we'll see yeah, but eventually that. that will lead the way to a play. Bridgewater's still throwing the ball, so he's very accurate. I, I don't know. Anything's, anything's possible in this league, so I'm just going to take a gamble. Okay. Papa Squats. All right, Papa Squats. Let's move on to another one where the matchup means so much more for one than it does another person. It's the Show Me Atides versus the Fitz Magic. Again, Fitz Magic are already in the mouth breather bracket, so they don't have much to play for, but they can play spoiler uh, and kind of choose who they want to face. And the Show Me Atides, you know, he's he's had a great team most of the season. He keeps getting bereft by injuries. He gets Carterell Patterson to explode, and then. He has David Montgomery gone, and then David Montgomery comes back, and now Dalvin Cook's injured. So it's just been one run injury after another for him, and I honestly think that this may be too much for the TDs to overcome, and he's going to drop to 5-8, and eight, and he's going to lose, and I'm picking the Fitzmagic. I'm looking at it. I'm reading it. I'm seeing what's going on. Um, and I just want to compliment the TDs, uh, Jimmy Balmer. 
the third, uh, you know, he's done a great job managing the injuries on his team. Like you just mentioned, like Cordo Patterson going off. Nobody saw that happening. So that's fantastic. David Montgomery gets hurt and Dalvin Cook gets hurt. Those are two what I would consider top tier running backs that are top 20 running backs for sure. And that that would be the the, the whole center of his team. That's the heart of his team lost. Um, and he still won five games. He's been doing great. I think this is a, I mean, this is a touchdown game. Um, so do I think Tom Brady is going to throw one more touchdown than maybe Jalen Hurts or Teddy Bridgewater if Hurts doesn't play? I think, yeah. So I'm going to show me your TDs. Right. Let's move on to one of our final matchups. We got two left here. So it's uh, another one where it's last gasp for both teams. I guess it's not another one. This is our first last last gasp in that matchup. Man, I'm coming up with all these tongue twisters. Last. Oh, this gasp. is it. Ooh. <laughs> yes, it's the Big X Bashers against the Moose Mayhem. Both teams are five and seven. Both desperately want to be six and seven, and neither want to be five or eight. Going roster, yeah, they can't roster. afford to lose. No, they can't. It's this is this is basically playoff time, and there's holes on both sides here. Joe doesn't know who he's starting anywhere. I think he's lost all confidence in his ability to tank, uh, which is going to be difficult for him going forward. He does his running core is decimated, and the Bashers, you know, uh, they're good. Uh, DK Metcalf has fallen off a cliff, though. He can't be relied on as an wide receiver one or even a wide receiver two. I would put him at a three or maybe a flex right now. So that's a really tough downgrade. I know when the Bashers hear that he's going to be flipping out and stomping around the room and throwing his hat, but it's the truth. So, But that being said, I don't think that's enough to sink him, and I'm going to go with the Bashers just because Moose's team is just kind of on a downward trend here. <sighs> yeah, Moose is really um... – there's a lot of – there's a lot of questions um, because he can put in a couple different people and it's still, I mean, I don't know. Do you, I don't know. I don't know. I think his wide receivers could help pull his running back woes and quarterback woes. Um, also, Lamar Jackson has been playing absolute fuego um, as of late. I know he didn't score much last week. Um, and he had four interceptions. Um, but, like, he's still Lamar Jackson, and I think there's a chance. Um, but I think I'm going to go Moose's Mayhem. I think they're going to redeem themselves after a very frustrating week last week. I think he's going to beat Eckle you just, and get you to the playoffs. You don't want to see Eckle leave, don't, lose, don't you? I, it's not that I don't want I don't want to see Eckle lose. No, no, no. Not particularly. I like the Evan McPherson pickup. Um, he's a very accurate kicker um, out of Cincinnati. Um, but you're right about DK. He has not been reliable all season. Um, but he has other people to choose from. I'm just yeah, kidding. He only has two wide receivers on the bench. I mean, well, I'm just like, kidding. He has all running backs. He's, has, he has more running backs than Joe, which I didn't think was possible. Oh, no. I lied. He has the same amount. It's nuts, and so it's running back versus. Running no, that's back. a lie. He has one. He has one more. He has one more running back than Joe, because he has the running back in his flex. It's just, it's so tough for Joe right now. Yeah, he he, yeah, has a, he hasn't scored more than a hundred and three points in three straight weeks, 
which is after yeah. he and, he's and he point. didn't score under 100 points for every for week that. before that. Yeah, so he's falling apart at the wrong time here. But we've got one last matchup to talk about, so let's talk about it. I know neither of us really want to because it's just kind of a meh matchup, but it's the uh, the keys to success versus the dynasty. And these are two teams that are both kind of heading in the same direction. I mean, both are kind of sliding. I know the dynasty had a huge win last week to kind of pull them out of mouth breather contention. I haven't, or pulled them out of like the front runner to be the mouth breather. I haven't looked back, but I don't know if Deej has ever missed the playoffs before. I know he's been a remarkably uh, consistent manager throughout the years. So I'm surprised he's, uh, I'm not surprised he's probably panicking right now. But this matchup comes at a good time for him. His team is basically at full strength. The Delvin Cook injury gave him Alexander Madison, so he's got that extra bit of oomph there. And Keegan just, I mean, he hasn't put in Mahomes or Hill right now, so I think that may boost him up a bit. It's going to be a close one, but I think the Dynasty are going to pull this out. Yeah, Alexander Madison always shows up. Um, when he's the next man up, he really does a good job. Um, Keegan does have the best kicker in fantasy. Um, so that means nothing. Um, <laughs> um, um, but it really, he's his wide receiver one and wide receiver two are probably going to change up a little bit. I think he's probably, I mean, he's going to put Tariq Hill in. Um, so I don't know if you go with Mike Williams or Chris Godwin. Um, I think that's kind of a roll of the dice. Um, here's it's going to be close. It's going to be close. You're right. He's going to put Mahomes in. He's going to put Tyreek Hill in. He's yes. going to move Godwin to Melvin Gordon's slot. He's going to move Melvin Gordon uh, okay. to Mike Davis and take Mike Davis out. So he's going to gain. Benching Mike Davis. Yeah, he's going to get quite a few more. Well, Mike Davis and Ben Roethlisberger. Both. Right. Okay, so it's going to be much closer than it seems. Um, right. I don't know. Yeah, this is a gamble. I don't think the Dynasty are going to win. I think the Dynasty are going to lose and miss the playoffs. I'm going with the Keegs. Keegan winning will put him in the driver's seat to win that division too and get the three seat. So that'll be an interesting interesting scenario here to see what happens. Ooh. Next week we're going to have a lot more clarity on who's going to be in the About playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, there's only going to be one more matchup. So it's going to be exciting. We're getting really close to the end there, guys. Almost everybody's still in it. Shout, shout out to Dale for putting out that uh, the PFA uh, scenario email uh, with the logos. That's absolutely fantastic work. Um, much thanks to him for that. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't, checked your, if you haven't checked your email, check your email. There's pictures. It's really super easy. Uh, yeah, I know how Rita loves pictures. Yeah, uh, it's it has all of our new logos, which I know some of you don't have and uploaded those logos. I'm looking at you, South Division. So please upload them. Everybody's still in the playoffs. Uh, hunt, except for Fitz. If your name's not Fitz, uh, just remember, win your week for Chris Grasso, the two beers too deep, and for our two friends taking extended leave of absence, I'm the mouth breather only for a couple more weeks. The broken cock himself, Ben Max, again. One more time reminding you to win your week.
out my Spotify top five. Jamiroquai, 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 Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai.